let's give God a hand clap, amen, and uh, praise God for our, our praise team this morning. It's indeed a great day and honor to be here uh, uh, behind uh, the pulpit to exalt God's word. If you are a visitor, we thank you for uh, being our guest. Uh, please, again, please fill out that welcome card so we can connect with you uh, over this next week. Amen. Uh, let me, uh, we are, uh, if you're here for the first time, we've been in a series called Living Upside Down. Uh, we are taking a journey through Matthew chapters 5 through 7 entitled, it's called The Sermon on the Mount, where we see the greatest preacher of all preaching the most, uh, the greatest sermon of all times. So we, we are going to spend over the next, we uh, plan to spend 33 weeks into this uh, this section of Texas. So uh, you, you ain't with 12, amen? So we have about three, about mm, a while, amen, uh, to figure out, uh, to actually conclude this, this, uh, this series entitled Living Upside Down. So, so please now find in your uh, Bible or, 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 in, or on your device Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. Again, Matthew chapter 5, verses 14 through 16. Let me pray for myself, and then we'll jump into God's word on this, on this morning. Uh, Father God, we thank you today uh, that we get a chance, God, to hear, God, to, uh, to be encouraged, God, to be edified, built up, and yet some of us convicted by your word. Will you please, through your spirit, make much of Christ this morning? May he pierce a heart of his faithful and pursuant love for us this morning. Will you, in this time, stir our affections, make our souls happy through and because of your word? Will you give grace to me now, God, to make clear, to make plain your, your word for your people? I do ask it in your son's name. Amen. Uh, did you know that the stars created by God burn bright all day, all over the world, never ceasing to give light? Think about that. The stars that God created, they, they, they burn all day. And all night, but they burn the brightest when there is darkness all around. You would not be able to see these stars unless there is darkness around the stars. Likewise, Christians who have been bought by the blood of Jesus, taught the word through the spirit of God, like the stars, should shine all the time and all day. And we, those blood-bought that believe and belong in Christ, we shine the brightest when there is darkness all around. That there is never a moment, never a time where we, his sons and daughters, should stop shining in this dark, perverted, and crooked generation. 
Christ, looking at today's text, he, he's going to highlight this for us. He's going to remind us of the privilege and the purpose that we have shining as lights in the midst of a dark and perverse generations. Please look at verse 14. I'm going to read for us the text, verses 14 through 16, and then I'm going to share with you what is this, this, this tremendous privilege and also this great purpose that we have as Christians. It says in verse 14 of chapter 5, it says, You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it, it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand. And it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that we may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. What we see in verses 14, 15, and the first part of 16 is this privilege given to us, yet declared to us by Jesus. He says, first of all, you are the light of the world. I may mention on last Sunday that, 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 that this pronoun you is in the emphatic position. He's not talking about just any old body when it comes to being the salt of the earth or the light of the world. He is describing, declaring, and, and addressing those who have believed in him, who belong in him, and who longs to see his kingdom come down on earth and advance throughout the world. He's not referring to everybody who may be sitting in this building maybe even in a church service. He's talking about those who's left everything to follow him. And he said to those, those who have left everything, those who have threw themselves on the mercy and grace of Christ in the cross, I'm addressing you. You, you, you. Not those who don't know me. You are the light of the world. I'm trying to highlight how this is such a great privilege. You might say, well, didn't we hear that statement before somewhere else in the Bible? If that's your mindset, the answer is yes. In John chapter 8, verse 12, Christ says of himself, it says, Jesus spoke to them again, I am the light of of the world. Anyone who follows me will never walk in darkness, but have, uh, but have the light of life. Jesus is declaring in Matthew chapter 14 to his disciples what he declared about himself. He's saying, just as I was the light of the world, so are you which highlights a particular doctrine that we see in the Bible called union with Christ. I got on the board. This union of Christ means this. It is, uh, it is where we as believers are joined, intertwined so deeply with Jesus that what is true of him is true of us. 
that when you believe in me, God the Father, he puts you in me. So what God the Father says of me, he says of you. As a matter of fact, this spiritual union is the means by which space and time is transcendent. And we share in all the benefits of Jesus' work and history on our behalf. To say it easily, when he died, we died. As he lived a perfect life, we lived that same life. As he got up from the grave by his spirit, by God's spirit, so do we get up. Everything that Christ did for us in history, we're able to live it out now presently. See, it's only in Christ that you are accepted by God. Only in Christ you are adopted, made a son and daughter of God for eternity. Only in Christ are you made perfect, holy, and blameless. Only in Christ are you completely loved. Listen, in Christ, God the Father loves you just the same as he loved God the Son. Listen to me. When God looks down and says, Jesus, I love you, he might as well be saying, he loves me too. There is no difference in how he loves you than the son. And many of us don't. And it doesn't stir our hearts up. That there's never a moment in life where God the Father would not love, would love you any less than he loved Jesus. That because of him and because you are in him, you are just as holy as Jesus is holy. It's called the union of Christ, that even though every once in a while we act like ain't, we are saints in Jesus. We are his holy ones, unblemished, spotless, because of the person and work of Jesus. He's saying, just as I am the light of the world, so are I wrote down just to really highlight, this is the greatest or should be the greatest compliment and privilege granted to you and I. For by this one statement, Jesus reminds and encourages us and his disciples that what he was on earth, so are we. It's crazy. Because you were in Jesus, before the Father sees your sin, he sees the Son and says, forgiven. You never have to be, you never have to worry about being kicked out of Jesus because you didn't get in him because of your work. It was his work that got you in him. And that's what we believe as Christians, and if we don't get this doctrine down, we would really we will fail to really understand the beauty and the power of the gospel. Your union with Christ is the thing 
of which everything else flows in your salvation. It is such a key to Paul that Paul in his letters, in his letters to, uh, the, to each church, he mentions this, this idea of with Christ, in Christ, of Christ some 164 times trying to drive home. You are because of him. It's a privilege. And many sons and daughters know little about this glorious and tremendous privilege of being in Jesus. It is the greatest position you will ever have. I was asked at one point as I began to plant this church, Valentine, in ministry, it, when you get involved in ministry, there are, there are things that God put in your hands. There's church planting, there's pastoring, there's being a mentor, disciple, and all of those things. There's been a husband and there's been a wife. But they said, Valentine, the, the one thing that belongs in this hand that is closed is who you are in Jesus. This defines everything else. It's critical for you to know who you are. The first in Jesus. That's the first privilege. But then we see another one in the same uh, text. It says, you are the light of the world. Again, amazing what Christ declares over us. You are what he was. He says, a city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and, and puts it, it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it, and it gives light for all who are in the house, in the B part of 16, A part. In the same way, let your light shine before others. Now, you have to understand this. You, you, you have to understand the audience that Matthew is addressing. He's addressing mostly the Jews. That when they heard this, that when they when they heard this term, a city on a hill, uh, their, their minds go back to Isaiah chapter two, Isaiah, Isaiah ch uh, chapter two, forty-two, and chapter forty-nine, where 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 Christ, who uh, where God who set His love on on the Jews, caused the Jews to live in Jerusalem, a holy city, wherein this holy city city, he called the Jews to live holy lives, to be as light to the Gentiles. But he said, Man, I've set my love on you, put you in Jerusalem that's on Mount Zion for people to see me through you. I've loved you so folk would not talk about you, but talk about me. So I put you on, I, I put you in a city on a hill to be shown off. And if you're a Jew, you're, okay, he's talking about Jews. But if you press a little more, he's not. Jesus, again, he is referring to his disciples. And the main point of 14 and 15 and 16a is this. Those who believe and live for Jesus are to be visible. Our Christianity, 
our love for Jesus should be visible not to some men, to all. It says in the text that this light is visible to all. Can I ask you a question? Are you visible? Or are you a closet Christian? If it was against the law to love Jesus, to be a follower of Christ, would they arrest you? Because there are people who over in China and, and, and Africa that because of their faith, they are being arrested, stoned, put in prison, burned to death because of their faith. I wonder if, if I wonder would they arrest you? Are, are you visible? Are, are, are you vocal? Or are you a Christian that, that has? The truth is that we are to be in the world, but not of the world, shining a light towards Jesus. As lights lit by the light, we shine in such a way where people see Jesus in us. I wonder, as a light of the world, a son of God, a daughter of God, are people seeing, witnessing, experiencing Jesus because of you? In John 9, 50, Christ says this, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So in short, Christ came to the world as the light of the world, lived a perfect life, loving his father fully, yet was beaten by men, hung on a cross, but he got up from the grave and he ascended into heaven and said, hey, now you're it. I remember when I was younger and, 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 and we played this game, tag. I was quite faster than them, so they couldn't catch me most times. That is, my cousins and friends, and so we'll play tag. We'll tag, you have to run around, and they'll chase you around. Say, you it, and then you, and then you leave. The tag, you it. Now, Jesus did not chase us, but he left us and said, you it. You are the light of the world. You, you, you are the way. You are the means that people see and notice me. You. Are people seeing or people noticing Jesus? Or are you hiding? Well, how do you know that you are living as light or as children of light or as light in the world? Hey, that's a good question. So Paul, he's going to help us to figure out what this is or how that looks in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8, 9, and 10. He says this, so, for you were once darkness, that's a noun. That before you came in the light of Christ, your life was dark. You, you, were, you were identified as darkness. 
meaning that you had no knowledge of God, no hope of God, no joy of God, no trust in God. You wanted nothing, no, no desire of God. You were, God looked at you and said, darkness. You were complete, you were completely unaware of who Christ was and what Christ could offer you. And so you were labeled darkness. That was your condition. That was your state. That was how the Father saw you without Jesus, that you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. (laughs) You were this, but now you're light in the Lord. Now then, as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists of three graces, three things, three fruits produced by light, and that is in verse 10, testing what is pleasing to God. Paul says light consists of three graces. Number one, goodness. Now, this goodness is a very general term, but there is this nuanced way of sinning as it, uh, of being generous or being benevolent. It's being giving. It's been open-handed. Paul says in Romans 8, says, He, God, who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will we not also with him graciously, how also would he not with him graciously give us all things? Listen, we have been given all things with Jesus. And if we've been given all things with Jesus, why can't we give up all things for Jesus. See, if we know that we've given all things with him, it should be easy for us to give up all things for him. The most generous people on earth should be Christians. I'm going to tell you all a little bit about myself. It's going to say a whole lot about me, I think. But I'm cool with that. I've been watching the show, Steve Harvey. I've been watching YouTube clips of Steve Harvey. And probably eight out of the 10 videos, what you see are people who have a need. Out of nowhere, this show, it, it, it blesses them. And whenever, man, I see a person in need on the show and I see Steve Harvey giving them 10000 giving them 5000 giving them 15000 I begin to weep because I really believe what Steve Harvey is doing, the church should be doing. That I shouldn't look at a show to see generosity. I should come to a place where we are generous. Christians, the church, should be the most generous people because God has given us everything with Jesus, which calls us to be generous for Jesus. But not only should we be that, we should also be righteous. Now, it is not, in this text, it's defined as doing right in the eyes of God. But doing right in the eyes of God is the natural result of being made right by God. We only do right 
because we've been made right. Our doing always, always comes out of our being. And because God in Christ declared us righteous, we should now practice that by the power of the Spirit. So, 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 so Christians, as we live as light in the world, we should be doing what's right. We should be generous. We should be doing what is right. We don't care what they're doing on the job, on the block, in Walmart, at the restaurant. Man, we have been called to be light, and we've been called to do what's right, period. Period. And when we choose not to do right, we hide our light. He's, 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 and this right should point to Jesus. Like the more I live right, the more I see Jesus, or the more folk see Jesus. It isn't about me. It's about him. So as we live right, to please the one who saved us and who actually satisfies us. Man, we live right to please our Father who's in heaven because we are pleased in what he's done for us in Jesus Christ. Our greatest motivation of living right is because we have received we are kind or we are good. We are righteous. And the last thing it says here, we are or we seek, or we pursue, or we are truthful. This is at the heart of the gospel, where we pursue truth. We want to be truthful. If you have believed in Christ, who is the way in the truth and the life, you should be truthful. That you should live 100% known. And in the church today, in Christian in Christian life, Christians are the less known people because they are afraid for whatever reason. And when you deeply believe the gospel, you can tell the truth no matter what. Because whom the Son set free is free indeed. We are free to tell the truth because we know him who is truth. So we can be truthful. I wonder, do people see you as honest? Are you genuine? I mean, listen, the world is tired of fake people. Christians, the world know you are jacked up. The, the world, your people at your job know you are a sinner. But you do so best, you do your best to hide your sin. Listen, the, the worse we start being real and say, hey, man, I am a sinner jacked up for, for, from the flow up. Man, the world can say, oh, thank you. We already knew that already. But the gospel should free us to be that way. Listen, 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 listen. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a hot mess. My wife know it, praise God. My kids know it. You know it. I have nothing to hide from you. Because I'm in Jesus. See, in him, there is no shame. In him, there is no regret. In him, there is no guilt. He died for that. Why can't we just tell the truth? You are a mess, and we all know it. 
the grace of God should free you. Say, man, this is what I'm dealing with. Show me how Christ has handled this in my life. Whenever somebody is truthful to me, it gives me to point them to the person who is the truth, and that's Jesus. Are you truthful? Or are you hiding the mess that we all know you are? We're all messed up. We're all, we're all broken. We all need Jesus. See, as light, we're generous. As light, we live right. As light, we tell the truth because we know him who is truth. And when we do this, y'all, when we live as light, what we do in turn is expose the sin in people. We don't live to expose sin. We live to expose Jesus. But everybody, I promise you, but whenever you expose Jesus, you will expose sin. Look what Paul says here in, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 11 through 14. He says, don't participate in the fruitless works of darkness, but instead expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what is done by them in secret. Everything exposed by the, by the light is made visible. For what makes everything visible is light. Therefore, it is said, get up, sleeper, and rise up from the dead, and Christ will shine. <laughs> he will shine on you. Paul, is, this, this is a sweeping command for all saints, all those who believe and belong to Christ, that we should shun and avoid the practice of the deeds that the world themselves practice. He is not saying that we should not, that we should not be, befriend them. Because if we don't befriend them, they will never know who Christ is. He just said that, that when you're around them, please don't do the sin that they do. But expose their sin by living right. But expose their sin by showing them Jesus. It means, it means too that we are, we are to refuse Anything to do with the practice of sin done by those in the world, but also he's writing to a church that is saved. He's just not saying we should expose those in the world who are sinners, but also expose those in the church who are sinners. And so many times we rationalize confronting our own sin and the sins of others for the sake of friendship. What kind of friend is you not to point out my sin? What kind of brother and sister are you to allow me to live in sin, making a mockery of God in the church? What kind of friend are you? The Bible says that faithful are the wounds of a friend. If you really love me, man, tell me like it is with grace and love. Can you, out of love, speak the truth in my life? Because a brother like me needs it. Listen, and you might lose a friend, 
But the Bible says there is a friend that was closer than any brother. And his name is Jesus. Have you tried him? Do you know him? When friends that, that you confront on them and they, and they turn their backs on you, say, bye-bye. I know a friend who was closer to me than any other brother. If you are my friend and you see me living a lifestyle of sin, don't hold back from me. And love, come to me. Hey, man, you tripping. You, what are you doing? She asked, we live as light. We, 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 we expose this. Yeah, I'm going to tell you a story. It's going to be funny here, boy. Like a year and a half ago, there's a fight going on. It's a fight that I was invited by a friend. And uh, he said, hey, Valentine, man, come up here with me and let's, let's watch this fight together. I said, all right, man. Yeah, food there? Yeah, man, on me. So I'm good. All that, I got to come with me. He said, man, just bring yourself and you're good. I said, all right, man, cool. So, yeah, I, I, so I get in the house and we are chopping it up. We're we talking, we're talking. I'm eating. I'm, I'm, I'm fat, fat, full. I mean, man, it's going on. I said, hey, man, how much do I owe you? He said, man, you don't owe me anything. I said, huh? How much was the, the fight? He said, man, the fight was free. I said, free? How is the fight free? Oh, man, oh, man, I'm, I'm, oh, man, I'm, I'm online, man, and there's a certain, certain website you can go to, and all the channels are free. I'm like, man, is, is that legal? No, y'all, y'all know I, I, I knew that. Come on, I miss. I knew that. I mean, I mean Nothing free, man. I, I, I knew that. I said, man, is that, is that legal? He said, man, I don't think so. <laughs> so we said, you're watching it. Yeah, 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 we what? Okay, 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 okay. So, so we're watching an, an illegal show. Now, I'm fat, fat fool. I mean, I'm, I'm good. I, got, I mean, I'm, I, 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 I've ate well. Man, I'm, man, I'm sleepy already. So, man, I'm just ready to watch the, watch the thing. And, and, and okay, should I? Should, I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not legal. So I'm sitting like, okay, should I, should I continue to watch this fight or not? I, I, I know, man, it's going to be a good fight too, man. And so, yeah, a brother was struggling. I was sitting there struggling, man. I was, sitting there, I was struggling big time. I was like, man, I'm like, man should, I, should, should I hide my light or shine my light? I'm sitting down like, man. Yeah, I'm sitting down there. The, the, the guy, I get up. I say, hey, man, I don't have peace watching this fight, man. I don't have peace. I don't have peace. He said, man, you tripping. I said, no, man, I'm living this life. I got to go. I got to go. Listen, when you live as light, it's going to cost you something. When you live as light, it's going to cost you some friendships. When you live as light, you might just lose your job because they might be asking you to sin against God. You might just lose something for the sake of Jesus. And if so, I'm pretty sure he's saying, well done. Well done. There is a cost, but y'all, I promise you, the purpose outweighs the cost. Verse 16. 
In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. <laughs> That's the purpose. In case you think I'm telling, telling a story, go back to Ephesians chapter 2. Let me read for your hearing verses 8 through 10 where it says, for you are saved by the for you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift, not from works, uh, not from works, so that no one can boast. Verse ten: For you are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, in Christ Jesus, for what? Good works, which God prepared ahead of time for you. To do. Listen, faith alone justifies, but faith that justifies is never alone. Saving faith produces faith that will always produce good works. In the, in the Heidelberg Catechism, in question one, Q&A, uh, 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 in question 91, they, they asked, what is good works? And they define it as this. Good works are actions that God has commanded us to do in his holy word and enabled us to do by his spirit that gives evidence of our, of our true and lively faith. Repeat, good works are not the price of salvation. They are the proof of salvation. Good works don't produce salvation. They follow salvation. Good works are not the root of our redemption. They are the fruit of it. Good works are part of God's plans. Good works are prepared beforehand by God for us. Our good works are proof of the glorious togetherness that exists between the saint and the Savior, like Paul and Matthew, good works are to be visible. And those who belong to him that don't have good works need to question, do they know Jesus? Saving faith produce good works. James says, faith without works is. Again, that's not for salvation. That's following visible works where the people of the world say, wow! What a God you serve. Our works are to be so supernatural that they don't even talk about us. They say, man, what a God you serve in heaven. How is that? Possible. Because just like the world believes there is some higher being, when they see our good work, they say, man, we know that's not you. That's somebody outside of you. And Jesus says that they may see your good works and give glory to your father. Not their father, but our father in heaven. Are your works such that when people see you doing good, godly, supernatural works, and say, that's not you. That's not you. I know you. That's not you. That's God. That's somebody outside of you. 
See, man, when we are doing good works, we are simply following the, following the, uh, uh, the plan and life of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Peter, uh, Luke, in Psalm, Luke in Acts 10, 35, uh, 8, sums up Christ this way. He says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. For God was with him. Our Savior, Omni, was going about doing good works. And that's why, Omni, here, man, we have a whole week called out of just sharing our faith. We want to put on display the supernatural love and power of Jesus. So every week, each gathering group calls out a whole week. How can we serve? How can we love on? How can we display the good works of our Father that they may see us but talk about him? But the greatest work is actually not doing work. Jesus says in John 6, 29, this is the work of God that you believe in the one whom, whom he sent. <laughs> the greatest work is believing in the one that God the Father sent here on earth. See, as we believe in Jesus, as we love him, as we pursue him, as we trust Jesus, when we do this, we shine the light on Jesus. And as we shine for him, as we shine for him, people will talk about him. Let us be the light of the world. For when we are the light of the world for our Savior and King, pointing men and women to the person and finished work of Jesus and them seeing the light, Prayerfully, they will accept him who is the light of the world. Let your